Meet Bob Olson. Bob's the author of Answers About the Afterlife and the host of Afterlife TV. A private investigator who began investigating life after death in 1999, Bob now records his interviews with experts, authors, and people who've had extraordinary experiences so he can share it all with you. Enjoy the show. Hi everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. You can find us on AfterlifeTV.com. You can also find us on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, this is where we search for evidence of life after death and ask the meaningful questions around that subject. Today's subject is past life memory. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. You know, children tend to have more past life memories than adults. I think the theory behind that is, is they haven't been away from the spirit world too long, and the, the older we get, the more we forget. But uh, we're going to ask our guests about that in a little bit. She's got an incredible story, and just so that I keep you here, I'm going to tell you a little bit. This, this is such an incredible story. Um, this woman had past life memories as a child, uh, all the way up into adulthood. They were so detailed that she actually found where she lived, in another country, uh, based on those past life memories, and so this is in a past life where she lived, and then actually found her children who were still living, and of course, older than her. I hope I've caught your attention now, and you won't go away. Uh, let's let's introduce our guest. Her name is Jenny Cockle. Thank you so much for being with us. That's a pleasure. Thank Did you. Did I say your last name right? Uh, Coquel, normally. It's a, it's a French name. That's, uh, oh, yeah. it's a French name. All right, Coquel. All right, great. Well, anyways, uh, this is such an honor. My wife read your book years ago. Uh, she couldn't say enough about it. She told me the whole thing, so I didn't read it myself because I felt like I knew it already. Uh, you probably <laughs> hear that a lot. This is one of those stories that when you hear it, you just tell other people about it, isn't it? Oh, apparently. <laughs> well, but I mean, I'm, the whole idea is to, you know, to share information like this. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think if you have an unusual experience, and especially as, uh, you know, when I was growing up, um, people were saying to me that this isn't real, and I knew it was. Yeah. Um, to then be able to turn around and say, look, it, it was real, and there are other people who are experiencing this, and it is real. Don't, don't uh, you know, ignore children who are talking about past lives. That's right. You know, I, uh, you, were, you documented everything so well. You were such an, uh, an incredible investigator. Uh, when, I w when I was working full-time as a private investigator, I would have hired you in a second. <laughs> you, you were really, really good. And uh, so, anyways, why don't we tell people a little bit about your story? I know it begins as a child. Why don't we start there? Tell us what happened as a child that started this whole story. Um, well, I always remembered a number of past lives. Um, but as I started growing a little older, especially when I started going to Sunday school, uh, the uh, people that were saying about what happens after death, but they missed out, to my mind, the most important thing is what happens and you, you come back again. Yeah. Um, and I talked to my mother about it. I was almost four. And she sort of, I, she sort of took the idea on board and she said that this is reincarnation. You're, it's a, it's a, a belief. And I thought, what do you mean a belief? It's what happens. Um, and I learned as I grew up to be a little bit quieter about it because I realized a lot of people forget. The funny thing, I'll put something else in here. I'm actually looking at a child at the moment who remembers. And he turned around to me and said, how do people forget? And I said, well, don't ask me. I don't understand how people forget. That's right. <laughs> but, but some of it, I mean, we do know some of it is brainwave pattern changes. 
But um, I could remember, I would wake up, a lot of it was a dream, it would come back a lot while I was dreaming, I'd wake up remembering um, dying and leaving my children behind. And I knew it was in Ireland, and when I was old enough to have a, a book with maps in, I knew where it was, I just instinctively knew where it was. And the name was written, I didn't remember the name, but the name on my finger when I was looking was Malahide. So I knew where to look. But I had other memories as well um, that I've researched since. I could remember um, one of the problems I had as a small child was uh, round six being chased by a truck onto the pavement in my dreams. Oh, wow. Uh, that's another one I followed up. I'll come back to that one. Yeah. I'll come back to that one later. But as, when I grew up and I had my own children this time around, um, the, the feelings were, became worse and I realized I couldn't uh, just push push it into the background any longer. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know quite where to start. And I thought, well, to start with, I didn't think I had enough, I remembered enough to actually start researching. I did, but I didn't realize <laughs> I did. <laughs> right. Uh, I used hypnosis, and all that did was it stirred up all the memories that were there. They were the same memories I've had since childhood, but it just made it worse to cope yeah. because the memories were then in the forefront of my mind. I'd learned to push them back. And I couldn't anymore, so then I had to start researching. So I, I booked a, a quick weekend away in Ireland um, to go to Malahide and have a walk around. I'm incredibly nervous, but uh, as I started to walk, I mean, even the, the night before when it was still dark, I started to recognize things. But the next morning when I got up, I could have chucked the map away because I knew exactly where I was going. I went out to the jetty. It, it was concrete. It used to be wood. But I remember waiting on the jetty for a boat to come in. I remember the cold wind and pulling the shore around my shoulders. Um, I walked down the lane and I knew where the house should be. It wasn't there. And some part of my mind was thinking, well, why is it not there? What didn't occur to me? So much time had passed that it had fallen down. Yeah. But step by step, um, I had to find out uh, what had happened to the, the children in the family. And I tried various things. One of the things I tried was to write to one of the houses that I walked past. And it just happened to be the right house because it's an elderly chap who remembered the family. And for the first time, he was able to confirm, yes, it was the first on the left on that lane, which is one of the details I remembered. Yeah. And yes, they were um, a number of children. And the mother's name was Mary. Well, there are lots of Irish women whose names Mary. But... Uh, it it, <laughs> uh, it was a start. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I needed, obviously, to f make sure it was the right family. Uh, I then heard that the children had all been sent to orphanages, so I wrote to all of the orphanages in Dublin. Uh, and then I found a lot of them had been closed. Um, but a priest helped me. He found some baptism records. Well, fine, so I had some names, but how did I go from there? Um, I tried an advert in a newspaper. And somebody answered a tiny little scrap of paper that I still got with the name and address of one of the brothers who I was then able to get in touch with. Wow. And then that opened the door and I slowly managed to find the others. It was harder. Some of them had been sent to different orphanages and had been separated. So it's quite a hard job getting them together. But the first thing I had to do was panic a little, panic a little bit because how do you go up to people? I mean, the, the oldest son was 72. Yeah. Uh, I was 37, uh, to explain what I was doing, right. um, what I remember. Well, at that, that point, I was very, very lucky because I managed to get hold of a BBC researcher. 
So before I met Sonny, the oldest son, before I said very much to him at all, um, she was able to take statements from him, statements from me, and it ran into nine pages of things that we remembered. Some of the things that I remembered, um, he hadn't told anybody, nobody had told anybody, there were private things that just the family knew. Yeah. Uh, I still didn't talk to him about past lives because I thought this is a lot to cope with. I mean, it's strange enough as it is. So I took it step by step and waited. I met him a number of times, spoke to him on the phone, waited until he asked me, what do you make of this? And I said, well, look, I've got to say to you that uh, I actually remember it as a first-hand experience. I remember it as my life. And he sort of nodded and went quiet a little bit and thought, well, yeah, that actually would make a lot of sense. And um, over time, it happened quite slowly, and I, I didn't realize he started to say, instead of saying, when my mother did such and such, he used to say, do you remember when you used to do? Oh, wow. Uh, what an acceptance. And when oh, we got the whole family together uh, in the old ruins of the, the cottage, uh, some of them were saying to me, well, what was here? Where was the, where was the door? What was, what was this? And I was explaining it. And again, it just took me a moment. I thought, oh, they're accepting it. Yeah. They're, 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 I, I, I do remember them. Uh, and I was lucky that I managed to keep in contact with them through the last part of their life. And I'm not going to say that it's an easy thing. Yeah. Because uh, I was me this time. Right. Um, I wasn't any longer their mother. Yeah. Um, I still had to cope with the memories. I had to cope with the time lapse. Um, although, you know, I had had linear time as this life. I, I, there's still the memories were so strong as being there then. Yeah. Um, but it did help me for the second and the third time around. The second time around was when I started to research memories I'd had of being in Japan in the 1860s um, and 70s, which was incredibly hard. But again, I knew where it was. And I had a, um, uh, I, I went to Japan with a TV group and they, they messed me around a bit and um, it wasn't actually very easy. But while I was there, I had actually found the right place. Um, I wasn't sure because, uh, as I said, it was it was quite difficult in the circumstances. But um, when I got back, I thought through it again and took it step by step, and over time managed, with some help from a, a Japanese lady, to get in contact with the family. And she was arguing at one point because I kept drawing this house, and I said it was right here on the edge of the cliff. And she said, "No, you can't have been there. It must have been surely the other side of the road." And I said, "No, it's right there." And I drew little pictures of it. I said it wasn't in was right on the edge of the cliff and you could uh, you know you had to be careful holding the handrail because yeah. you were right on the edge and um, she eventually found this family and we know it was the right family because they said how did you know about our house on the edge of the cliff oh, wow. which by now have been demolished uh, so quite a lot more research there uh, and recently um, the other one that I would say I've come back to um, the, the the truck that took a long time because I um, I had a first name and I had an initial of the last name, but it was an unusual first name. And um, my mother helped me, went through the records office and went through every single child death mm. for that time period. And we only found one with the right first name and starting with the right letter of the second name. 
But when I got the birth certificate, I looked at the road layout and it was wrong. And it kind of, I thought, oh, I made a mistake. I've got something wrong here. This isn't, this isn't working. Yeah. I put it to one side. Um, and I'm still coping with the, um, my uh, Sutton family in Ireland as well. And I thought, no, I can't cope with anything else. Um, and then eventually I sent for a, a death certificate. And I thought, well, I'll look again. And I got a road map. And it was right. It was totally right. The school was in the right place. Everything was right about it. Um, and it took longer. Uh, I actually only tracked the brother down um, last year. Oh. Uh, again, you've got this problem. How do I approach this person? Well, I, I, this time I had a book. So I sent a book and I had a video. So I sent a video. Oh. And I said, look, this is going to, this is going to be strange. Um, my apologies. Um, the other thing in the back of the mind, you're always wondering whether you should do this at all. Right. You know, there's the right thing. But now I always work, think that um, when you're approaching people, they have uh, as much right to make a decision as you do. And if you don't approach them, then they can't make a decision. That's right. So, you know, so I approached them. And um, the, the brother, it, because it was only as a six-year-old child, it was actually quite difficult for him. And we now, we, we're still in contact, we talk a lot, but we don't really talk much about the brother's death now because I think it was quite difficult for him. He was only four at the time. Okay. But um, I was able to describe what the inside of the house was like and describe people in the family. And um, uh, there was one thing I kept going on about, oh yes, of course, the, the position of school and that sort of thing. But, I drew out a picture of one of the downstairs rooms. I said I didn't know much about the upstairs. It turned out that the upstairs was full of um, the mother's brothers and sisters because it was wartime. She had moved back with her mum. Yeah. And uh, had brothers and sisters were upstairs, so there wasn't room. So it was a downstairs room. And I kept saying, what's here? What's just here in this room? And it took him a while. And he said, oh, that's, that, that's, that's where I slept. And I said, well, there you are. Something, I knew there was something important there. It was my brother. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. But that life was, but that life was as a boy. So I, I, I've managed to sort out the last three lives, um, you know, to get the detail. Um, fascinating, but, fascinating. I mean, interesting. And uh, one of the first things that's coming to mind right here is so all these are recent lifetimes. I mean, in terms yeah. of history, is uh, you know, and, and dates. Yeah. So I mean I'm sure that one of the first questions that's going to come to people's minds are, um, were you living were you living these lifetimes simultaneously? Would that uh, no no it's 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 it, it works normal physics it does. <laughs> one after the other with a gap in between. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. So 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 yeah. the, in fact all of the lives I remember are linear with a gap in between. They do. Uh, yeah. Sometimes the gap's larger. Sometimes it's smaller. But I mean, I remember things like the, the, the death. I mean, the, um, I was taken back to the hospital that I remember dying in um, as um, Mary Sutton in um, Ireland. Um, I realized it wasn't at home because there was electric lighting. So I, 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 when I found out it was a hospital, I thought, well, that makes sense because the house didn't have electric lighting. Yeah. Um, and I was asked, well, can you find the room? I thought, well, it's a bit of a tall order. Yeah. Uh, but I, I drew a little sketch out, and I said, look, I remember corridor here, I remember window there, I remember room there. They took it to the matron at, the, at this hospital, which we knew about because it's on the death certificate. And she said, oh, yes, I know that. That's the isolation room. That's where they used to put people who were wow. ill um, you know, when they were pregnant, which is obviously what, what, what happened. So yeah. In the birth of the last child, there were problems. Um, and we went there, and the first thing I did when I got into the room, I thought, there are two windows. I only remember one window. I knew it was one floor up because I could see the trees out of the window. Then I moved round to where the bed was and there was a pier that obscured the other window. 
So, which is why I could only remember the one window. <laughs> but uh, this is why I, I mean, I, I was saying I didn't think I had enough detail. Yeah. I had tons of detail. It was just lack of confidence. There was a lot of detail there. That's right. Uh, and can I show? Let's 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 show the book first. And um, th this is the first book that you came out with. Um, yeah. Let's see if I can line that up correctly. Bring it back a little bit. So, across time and death, a mother's search for her past life children. I know this was a very popular book. I know that uh, our friend and and a former guest of Afterlife TV, uh, Dr. Brian Weiss, wrote a quote here. <laughs> fascinating book. Uh, I know that he, you had a little bit of. Uh, he met a couple of the children of Mary's children, uh, as well. Let's just back up a little bit for those people who are not familiar with this story. I, w I just want to say, I, w I want to show that photograph. And if there's any flickering, I'll let everybody know. You're in England. I'm in the United States. And we're on Skype. So here, I don't know if people can see it, but you get the general idea that mm. this is a map of your town. From, from childhood. From child. You drew uh, this as a child. Again and again. Again, yes, again and again. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm trying to remember what was down here and what was there. And yes, that, yeah, again and again. So that's fascinating. And then, and then at what point did you um, start to look at maps? Uh, how old would you say you were when you started to look at maps? So probably about seven or eight. I've always loved maps. And, and was that I, around the time? Um, why I actually wrote a book, it's, it's because... Um, you have these experiences happen. You, uh, this was my reality, yeah. and I realized it must be other people's reality. Yeah. So really it was to share the story so that mostly I didn't uh, expect or, or even think about how people would accept it. I was trying to reach other people like me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> who just might want the reassurance. And I'm sure you did. Up their own life. Um, it, it, the, the fact that it took off was quite right. I hadn't even thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, this, this is, we find this with Afterlife TV all the time. You know, I have a, a guest on about one particular subject, and then all these people are telling us that they've had similar, similar experiences. <laughs> and, and I'm sure yeah. that'll happen here as well. Um, and so, so, so not only did you draw these maps, but then, as you said earlier, you looked at a map, to determine, and, and, and you sort of just figured well, out what was, town it was. That's it. Well, I was remembering, obviously, I had seen a map when I was Mary. I knew where I lived. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you were asked where you live, you can point out on a map where you are. Uh, all I was doing was remembering, pointing out on a map where I was. That's right. Now, now you also had dreams. And would yeah. you, are these sleep dreams or are these daydreams? Are these both? Um. Well, sometimes the remembering is just like any other remembering because I, I look at it as linear. Yeah. It just feels like I've had a very, very, very long life and changed the body a couple of times yeah. uh, and grown and then got <laughs> old. And then, um, it, so it, it is it's, it's like normal memory. So sometimes I'll sit and think about something um, and it's exactly the same way you might think about your first day at school, um, your best friend when you're a child, and then you start to think about the detail. Right. So most of the memories like that, and the, when it starts coming the dreams, it's because you're thinking about it a lot, uh, and you it's it's starting to sort of take over a little bit, and push itself a bit. It's an important memory. It's trying to make itself felt, 
you're supposed to be remembering it. You're supposed to be thinking about it. Mm. Um, I think it happens if you try to ignore it. Mm. Yeah, and, and I, I know that... Um, I, I got the sense in reading the book that... So, this story in this book, Across Time and Death, is, um, is about your lifetime as Mary Sutton. And, yes. and I got a sense that um, those memories were more dominant than the others because what Absolutely. because it was the most recent life yeah and also it's a sense of responsibility because i'd left children behind yeah. i was a mother yeah. who had left children behind, and one of them was a baby yeah um and i was very very concerned about their welfare so finding them was i don't to be honest i don't know um what my life would have been like if i hadn't been able to find them yeah, right. I would still have been plagued with the worry about what had happened to. Them. The only thing I can um, liken it to is, uh, I mean, it, some people might think this is an unfair um, analogy, but uh, when somebody's had a child adopted, mm-hmm. and you don't know where they are, mm. because it's for me, it's a linear memory. They were yeah. my children. Yeah. And I didn't know where they are and what had happened to them, and I needed to just see them again and. Um, but the it's a real emotional roller coaster. Now, do you think this this happens commonly? Um, I think that more children remember past lives than we realise. Um, I've looked into it and I found that um, babies, their brainwave patterns are, are very very similar to deep meditation. That slowly goes around the age of six. The brainwave patterns change quite a lot. So that sort of dreamy, sort of half here, half somewhere else, um, stops and they concentrate on the here and now. So presumably, uh, I was a daydreamer, <laughs> presumably uh, it just didn't stop yeah. for me. Yeah. I still, uh, I held on to that for various reasons. I mean, it might be a genetic thing, it might be, but I do think that it is very much more common. I've asked people to say, just listen to children, to what they're actually saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't dismiss it, just listen. And you'd be surprised how many children make references to Spitfire airplanes, to um, uh, uniforms, to uh, other countries, to um, making, um, when they're cooking, wanting to make something that is from another country that they've never seen. Right. Uh, I think it happens a lot, but people don't, they're not aware, they just don't notice it. Uh, And by the time you get to about six or so, it goes in. I think again that you're supposed to forget. Okay. Because I don't think it's always very easy remembering. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen uh, other children uh, who uh, have been able to explore their past lives while they're still a child, and there's a point of recognition where they they suddenly realise they've got to the right place, and it's all changed, yeah. and they can never go back, and you've got to live this life. And it's, um, it's an unconscious thing, but I think it happens to everybody who looks back at a past life or is able to, to get some uh, resolution, that you've still lost something. Um, <laughs> I, I, I know that there, there's many children who will tell their parents that, you know, you know, that, you know, their, that their grandmother isn't their, isn't that, their parents' mother, it's their sister yeah. or something. They'll start mixing up the relationships. Um, yes. Have you yes. heard of those kinds of stories? Yes, 
where they're actually they've come back into the same family. Yeah. And they start referring to their grandmother as their daughter or, yeah. or yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They start yeah. telling them off. People should pay <laughs> people should pay attention to that sort of thing, yes. right? Yeah. Um, yes, I, I, think that's, I think you're very lucky when you come back to your own family, and that's lovely. Yeah, I imagine it is. And, and I also know that you had imaginary friends when you were younger. That's uh, what I was told they were. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I they know. They were actually World War II soldiers. Um, and um, because, uh, uh, I mean, I've seen uh, people uh, in different places who other people haven't seen. I mean, I've, several times I've... I remember um, some years ago we went to the Blue John Mines in uh, Derbyshire and um, there were the men off the ladders chipping at the stone and I thought well, that's really nice you know that they're actually still working it and we got out and there were photographs and I said oh yeah they're like the men who were down there and the people with me said there was nobody down there <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm used to seeing things like that um, less often as an adult but again it's something children do so there were t there were soldiers basically that um, that I, I used to talk to, and I got quite upset when they they went. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I perhaps shouldn't have used the phrase imaginary friends, but that's what I was told they were. No, so and, and, phrase, and we but, do, and I think it's great that you yeah. used it because then we uh, it it makes other parents aware that when their children yeah, have imaginary friends. Yeah, and in fact, there's, there's a program I saw some while ago about. How children, children's imaginary friends, and one of them described what can only have been the person who used to live in that house. Oh, yeah. Her imaginary friend was an old man who used to sit in front of the chair, and he didn't like talking to her. <laughs> I mean, what sort of friend is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's a, an imaginary grumpy old man is what that yes. is. That's right. Um, well, th that's cool. Now, of course, your story, you, so you have all these memories, and then you end up, uh, working with uh, a hypnotic regressionist, or however you want to, you know, you working with hypnosis to go under yeah. regression, and and tell me why you did that at that time. You kind of you kind of touched upon it earlier. Yeah, well, mostly I didn't think I had enough detail. Now, as it turned out, um, some of the things that I remembered under hypnosis were quite useful, but I think there were things that I'd remembered in childhood and then forgotten. Yeah, because I'd left it so long. Uh, because even though I had the uh, memory running into adulthood, I'm actually the same as other people, and yet I did probably forget quite a bit of it. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky I didn't forget all of it. Right. Uh, so it did stir up some of the memories, and some of the things I saw under hypnosis turned out to be really quite accurate. Yeah. Um, the house was owned by somebody called Mac. It was. Um, they were, it was a rented house, and it was owned by somebody called Mac. Mac McMahon. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't think there's anything else that was under hypnosis particularly. Um, there, but there, there were definitely a, a number of things that came up. But I think in my case it was probably that I had remembered them and then I had forgotten them. So in that uh, way, hypnosis could, could sort of be a good way to help maybe bring some memories back. Yes, well, in, in that uh, most children remember anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, if you're maybe an adult... That's what it, Yes, that's what it's for, is to help bring back the memories that are there. And it, it was useful. Um, it, I, I was annoyed in some ways how easy it is to remember under hypnosis, <laughs> because I've been trying so hard for so many years. I, if I'd known it was this easy, <laughs> just, to, right. just to calm down yeah, and uh, you know, let the memories come. Well, that's true. I mean, I've had, I've had past life regressions, uh, and I, I can't do that on my own. I mean, these are memories yeah. I've, I've never had on my own. Uh, as far as I know. You were a little bit skeptical about the hypnosis before you started, were you not? 
Yes, um, yes, I think it's generally it's a good idea to go in with a balanced viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, not to be totally, you know, oh, this is going to, uh, anything, anything you do. That's right. Um, oh, this is a, a funny thing for perhaps someone like me to say, but I, I am fairly skeptical as a person. Um, I have to have first-hand experience. I have to be absolutely sure that uh, when I find somebody, that is the person I was remembering. Yeah. Um, which is one of the reasons I researched so thoroughly, yeah. is because I needed to be absolutely certain. And it was the same thing. I wasn't going to go in and think, oh, yeah, this will solve my problems. I went in thinking, well, um, we'll see. Um, you know, am I going to actually remember stuff that's real, or am I going to try making stuff up? Or right. How, how is it going to work? And, yeah, that, uh, that, that's right. Uh, what's, and some of the stuff you got under hypnosis led you astray a little bit. You, you got the name O'Neill in it. That's it, yes. There were one or two bits that, that didn't. But then again... Um, they may have had a place. There may have been somebody for that name, and I just l attached the wrong name. Definitely, and uh, I wondered if just the fact that you had the name, you had contacted a bunch of different people, if there might have been some greater purpose to that, you know? Well, I got some insight into it when I was researching that li uh, life as a small boy, because I remember the name Raymond um, under hypnosis, and I, I was trying to attach it to the father, and it didn't seem to fit. Um, but the the brother, when I found him uh, up in Newcastle, the brother said um, that was a friend. Raymond was oh. there at the accident. He was another little boy. Oh. And he was there at the accident. Wow. Um, so that's why his name was prominent. So it did yeah. mean something. That's right. It's difficult to know quite what it meant. What it might, right. That's right. Yeah. Now, at what point did you begin thinking that you might actually be able to find Mary's children? Um, I was determined that I was going to. You were. <laughs> I was absolutely determined. I mean, I had written down all the details for years. You know, since childhood, I'd made a note of it. And then, uh, as I say, when I had my own children, I would start to write down little bits that I could remember. And it just got to the point where um, I was lucky that the hypnosis just dropped in my lap mm. at the time it did, because I was going to go anyway. Um, I was going to do something anyway. Uh, yeah. It got to that point where I had to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even if I hadn't been successful, I still would have done it. I still would have tried. Now, let's talk, let's talk about a little bit about that. Because now, so all your life, you're, you're not just having these memories, but you're feeling Mary's emotions. Well, yes, because they're my emotions. They're more, yeah, I know that. <laughs> to keep this straight in people's that's heads, right. though. Yeah. Well, it, that's what I said. It's like normal memory. So yeah. the emotions are the biggest part of it. Because, um, I mean, I've just had a, um, uh, an uncle um, die recently, and um, it's reminded me of a lot of the family. And you, you do remember um, you know, grandparents and uh, you know, great-uncles, and, um, and you remember them. And the emotional content is the largest part of it. And it's exactly the same with this memory, because it's just memory. Uh, that the emotional content is the largest part of it. Getting the um, the little details that help you do the research and the little details that help confirm mm. is actually harder because it, the feelings, are, they come first. Yeah, that's right. And, and this is certainly would, would motivate you on to want to just keep working and working to find, to find yes. these children, your children, um, yeah. from another life. Now, I don't think we've said, just to let people know, uh, Mary died, am I correct in saying, 21 years before your birth? Yes. Okay. 
So yeah. you get people get a sense of the their age, so your children's ages when you actually found them were what sixties and seventies. That's it. Um, yeah. seventy-two, the oldest; sixty, the youngest. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned before we even go there. You mentioned that you did your first visit to Malahide, and that I don't want to just wash past that too quickly when you were there like you said you didn't even need the map anymore you felt as though you, yeah. you were home again you knew this place oh, the even there was i was trying to take a shortcut and i couldn't it had been it had been closed there's a foot there used to be a footpath down the side of one of the churches um along a, a, a particular road and i couldn't take the shortcut i start turned in to take it and I thought, oh no, somebody's built something here. I can't cut through. Yeah. Well, that used to be the trip to visit the sister, and cut through um, to take the corner off to go to go back home again. Wow. Uh, so yes, it was. It was. It was. I was. I was living a duality while I was there. I was um, in two time zones. <laughs> yeah. Were, uh, I was back in the 1930s, and yeah. uh, you know, in the the present day, all at the same time. And, which I mean must have been amazing for you. And most of most of what you found that first trip was um, were those those sort of things. You didn't find any people during that. No, you no. came back. It wasn't until you came back that you actually got the last name, the surname of Mary, to to be yes. able to do more, which was cool. Now, this eventually because you contacted contacted so many agencies, so many people, and you had to do this all by letter. We weren't on the internet. No, there was no internet. This is a, um, Early it internet. would be so much easier to do family research if there had been an internet. There was no internet, not and, then. It was all by letter. By letter. And, uh, all the, um, if, when I was doing research uh, for the other lines, I had to go to records offices yeah. and look things up on a microfiche, on a, um, you know, with a, a magnifier to uh, a machine to see them. Yeah. Yeah, it is a lot easier now. Oh, it, it is. I remember even <laughs> as a private investigator, I used to have to do the same thing, the microfiche. Oh, my goodness. That's Come it. on. Yeah. The only thing now is actually, in some ways, it's harder to do past life research with um, a computer because you have to punch in the surname. Yeah. You can't look up, um, say, everybody who died between this year and that year with this Christian name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that. Right, that's true. And, and and that was one of the great things. You did have the help of the churches back then because they kept such great records. They did. Yeah. Luckily, I mean, I, I was that priest. I mean, he helped me out. Right. He, he gave gave you the last name. Ultimately, and I, he gave I, me a lot of the first names and um, you know dates and yes. I love uh, this. Um, there was this one part in the book. Uh, it it shows that this was not. Uh, <laughs> We have an expression here we call a cakewalk. It was not easy all the way through because yeah. of the subject matter, because of how you had these memories. Um, but um, you had someone who, let me see, I can't even remember who it was, who had, who had helped you do some research. And, and you then sent her a letter and, and let her know. And you say, also, before I can ask you to do anything, to be fair, I must mm -hmm. explain why the research is unusual, because you may feel that you would rather not be involved. This is a past-life memories research, mm -hmm. however that may be interpreted. And then you say, I never heard from her again. <laughs> and I, no, I laughed well, out loud. But you, you have to be, I mean, I didn't want somebody to do loads of work and not know what it was about. I didn't think it was fair. Yes. And I've yeah, had that I, happen in my life. I, I, I actually ran yeah. into someone that I, when I was a PI, I, 
someone from a law firm that I used to work with, and, and she happened to come up to where I live in this area. I saw her at a restaurant. We exchanged mm. email addresses, and she said, what have you been up to? And so I told her, <laughs> same thing, never heard from her again. You know? No, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people get a little bit freaked out. <laughs> no, no, you know, well, probably yeah. did, but uh, I never heard from her. Yeah. And, and this happened with the first child that you came across you name him Jeffrey just out of respect yes yeah, so he's actually um, we uh, we were able to later on name him John which was his, his actual name but um, he, okay. he died just about the time that we bring the book out and that I, I wasn't going to approach his uh, uh, widow and say please go I just didn't it wasn't right yeah. as you say out of respect yeah uh, but um, yes he he wasn't entirely comfortable yeah so and, I, and... I I left let him be because uh, I, I could quite understand that's the response I expected. I didn't expect for them all to end up embracing me, accepting me, um, the way they did. And and none more than than Mary's son, your son, Sonny. Sonny, Is yeah. he the eldest? He's the eldest? Yes. Um, yes. Amazing what a response you had. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's just, it, 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 I was just so relieved. It was, um, when we started, as I said, I didn't explain to him what it was about to start so far. I gave him time to get used to the fact that something strange was going on. And yeah. it, he, he then asked. Um, but he was so on board with it. But what I hadn't realized, the very first time I rang him, he turned to his wife and said, I think I've just spoken to a ghost. Yeah. He had the feeling immediately that there was some, some connection there. And... Yeah. Um, and he's just great. It, 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 all, all the time he would just uh, talk about things. Oh, sometimes we would talk about things that had happened. And I remember on odd occasions he'd start a story and I'd think, well, hang on a minute, I didn't know this. He's all, oh, yes, of course, that was, uh, that was after, afterwards, that was later. Um, I think, well, no wonder I don't remember. But other times he'd start a story and I'd say, oh, yes, and I'd finish the story off. <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah. I could start talking about something and then he'd finish it off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how... Cathartic it must have been for both of you. I think so. I mean, he did. We did have quite a heart to heart at one time. He said um, he had such a dreadful time as a child that he had pushed a lot of that aside. Yeah. Um, and at first it was very difficult, but yeah, we worked through it. And I think I'm comfortable that he went a happier person than he was because of, of working through his problems. He had someone to talk to. He was able to. You know, look at it again as an adult. That's I don't right. think he'd ever talked to anybody about the problems he had while he was growing up. That's right. And there was a lot of abuse going on there, and uh, uh, which is described in the book. I'm going to show the book again, just so everybody can see it. Mm. Uh, Across Time and Death, A Mother's Search for Past Life Children. Mary had eight children, correct? Yes. How many did you eventually meet in person? Five. Five in person. Wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Now, um, most of them accepted the idea that that you might that you were the, that you were her mother, that you were the reincarnated version of their mother, Mary. Two of them had a different explanation. I think they got from their priest, but I thought that yes. was pretty cool too. What was that? Well, they thought that their mother was working through me. The yeah. spirit of the mother was working through me. Now, I thought it was important because they they I, they we were sitting around the table, and I had never asked, how do you see this? Yeah. And Sonny was the one who brought it up at wow. the table. He had a bit more courage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and said, so, how, how do we all see this? And I think they were nervous about it, saying how they felt um, about it. Yeah. Because I was sitting there. 
and and they didn't realize that uh, they were my children i was more bothered that they were comfortable with the way they looked at it than to accept the way i looked at it yeah i mean we we all got to live within our own parameters of our own experience right and I didn't want to push my ideas on. So that conversation around that table was very useful because they then realized that I wasn't trying to make them see things my way. It didn't matter. Right. That it wasn't important. Um, what mattered to me, I mean, if I, uh, just, just seeing them and, you know, seeing that they're okay and seeing them together. Um, but how they felt about it was, was much less important. That's why I said I expected them to reject me. Yeah, yeah, which would have uh, just uh, been right. horrible, I imagine. That, a huge fear you must have had. Yes. Yeah. But, yes, yes. But it didn't happen. and nope. <laughs> It didn't happen, which is it's such a happy story. Um, what? Uh, so you're like 30-whatever, you know, 30 years younger than them on average. And yeah. Yeah. so this must have been kind of a little bit of a mind twist for you. For me, it was no problem. For you, it um, wasn't. For, no, no I, I didn't have a problem. In the same way, I didn't have a problem when I went up to meet my, my brother of the, as, when I was the six-year-old boy. I didn't have any problem there. He was still my brother. The fact that I was a boy. you him as a boy, right? Yes, so, yeah. that's it. He was my brother. So yeah. it, I was, uh, it, it didn't matter to me. Right. What was more amazing that he was he's quite comfortable with it as well. But I think it's harder for the other people because, as yourself, you have, you have this linear memory. You remember who you were. Yeah. You remember how it felt being who you were. Yeah. Um, so it's not really the, the, the mind bending thing is that you have to accept that other people will not quite see you the same way. Sure. Um, because you don't look the same. You don't. The, the genetics have, have changed. That's right. Um, right. So for you, you remember what they look like. And even now you're seeing them older. You, they still look like them, uh, but older. Yeah, for, for, the but, same personalities. That's the big thing. Yeah, there you go. And in their case, though, they're looking at like a, a completely different body, a different person, younger than them now. There's a lot of things for them to have to overcome. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think it's very much harder for the, the family than it is for, for the person who's experiencing it. But it sounds like most yes. of them did. Yes. <laughs> it, it, yes, they did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I can't imagine what that must have been like emotionally for you. You mentioned in the book, uh, the one word you used to describe it is that it was a sense of relief. Yes, absolutely. Um, because, it, um, again, it's, it's, the, it's the reuniting of, of when people have been adopted or you know, they're separated from siblings. Or, um, it's just that being accepted and, yes, relief. Uh, now, you've done it. You've, yeah. Yeah. Now you you now this was uh, published in 1994. At least the one that I have was published in 1994. Yeah. Um, I mean, you spent uh, many more years with these people yeah. afterwards. So, I, I, am I still spending time with the families now? Oh, grandchildren! Thank goodness for Facebook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So you, you just became a part of this family again. You just reunited. It was, and I, um, the, 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 the children themselves, I was very, very much part of the family. But uh, the rest of the family, um, some of them um, I met, um, but it's taken a little while. I'm now finding some of the younger generation are coming and saying, oh, great, you're, you're, and, and uh, can I call you great-gran? Oh, I love that. Uh, 
Oh, oh great. of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Yeah. It's lovely. Yes, I don't mind. I'm a grand now anyway. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you? Congratulations. Um, wow. Yeah. How nice. How nice for you. For them. Do you find that the younger generations are more open-minded about this sort of subject? Um, more open-minded. They're open-minded. I don't know if they're more open-minded. Okay. Uh, I think they're they're very comfortable with it, which is lovely. Okay. You know, um, you know, very happy to be able to have that contact. I'll bet. I'll bet you are. Now, um, so your family, um, you, uh, your husband, two children, still two children? Did you have more after that? Uh, no, they just had the two, okay, and of course so, they're all grown up. Um, uh, you know, yeah. I'm 60, so they're in their 30s. <laughs> but that was, I understand, <laughs> but that was complicated. Uh, you mentioned in the book about, you know, I think I, I, your daughter must have been 9 or 10 years old, wanting to be reassured that she was as special to you as... Say yeah. Sonny was? Yes, it may, may well have been. She knows she's special. Yeah. Yes, but both of my children do. Yeah. yeah, but you had to sort of walk that line to... Yes, I think, uh, I think there might have been a point where it's a little confusing for them. Yeah. Um, but in the long run, I think um, they realize that that bond is so strong that that bond will still be there long after I've gone. You know, I loved that there was something that you said in the book that if you had told her that, you know, you didn't love Sonny as much as you loved, her, you know, your own children, that might, that might send the wrong message to her. Um, mm. I can't remember what that was, but it was beautiful. It was brilliant. Mm. Brilliant mothering, uh, parenting, uh, in recognizing, you know, in the future what what message that might send to her, but you just, you let her know that she was very special, that everybody was very special and to yeah. you, no matter, no matter what. Um, you, did you feel as though, say once, once this book was out that you had to maybe spend some time with your family because they, because you'd been so <laughs> focused on this other thing for a while? Oh, well, I, I get obsessed by all sorts of things. So, I, <laughs> <laughs> so it is not that, it is something else. They're, they're, always, used, always they're used to that. Yeah. I think they're used to that. Um, but they still, they've always had the attention uh, uh, as well. Uh, nice. And sometimes we get obsessed on things, things together and do something together. But uh, no, they're, they're, they never, never got neglected. That's definitely. great. Um, We've your um, your experience here. You know, like I said, this was published in 1994. It's, it's been almost 20 years now since the book came out. It's hard to believe, huh? Um, mm -hmm. What advice uh, or insights, even since you know now that there's 20 years more. Um, might you have for our audience right now about memories of a, if they're having memories of a past life what what yeah. might you say to someone i think it's probably important if children are having memories of past life write the things down if they insist that they want to meet the family let them meet the family but i'm not keen on this going public with children Okay. Uh, it, it, the whole process is really quite emotional mm. and I think perhaps going through it privately is better for a child if they're a little older and they say they'd like to, fine um, if they um, want to, if they need to forget 
even better for them because they can forget and move on. But at least you've written the pits down that they've said. And if they do want to research it, you've got all the details, all, you know, everything, so that it would make it easier for them. Um, but adults who have a past life memory, um, if you've got a past life memory as an adult, you need to resolve it. If you haven't forgotten, there must be some reason that you haven't forgotten. You do need to do something to resolve it. it you might not be able to trace the family and find the people, but you do need to do something to come to terms with what's happened. It might be that you've got to go through a process and then let go. I think... <laughs> What might be some of those things that they could do? Like hypnosis, would that be one? Hypnosis might help some people. Yeah. Um, meditation. Just sometimes just making sure that you write down all the, everything that you remember. Um, you might not be able to find the location, yeah. but try and find out why you're remembering, what it is that's, that's bothering you. Um, see if there's something perhaps in this life that can help overcome the past. Um, you know, it, it, as I say, it, not everybody is going to be able to, and people shouldn't think that they can automatically go and find the people. And you, it, yeah. not everybody, if they do find the people, are going to be lucky enough to have, have somebody who's receptive. Yes. You might just really alienate people. I mean, that is a fear, but mm. it, it, some people are, are put off by this. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, and I, what I did uh, to get around that was I, I just approached everybody very, very gently. And the, the youngest um, member of the family, the one who was the baby, um, when uh, I, I died as Mary, the, the baby that had just been born, um, because she had been adopted and she had to cope with getting used to meeting her family, I didn't actually say anything about my role at all to her. Um, I let her get to know her family, and it was a year before she turned around and asked me, by the way, what, you know, I, I realized there's something going, what is your connection with the family? Then I explained to her wow. exactly what it was. That's so, uh, you, you know, you do have to be gentle with people. And is it people who, do people tend, or, you know, even children tend to, to remember their past lives more if it was a more recent past life? Because, or is anybody remembering things from the 1600s, yeah. you know? Um, it depends. I think uh, that, that possibly they are more likely to remember it if it's fairly recent. Okay. But it's um, because the memory is going to be stronger. Yeah. And I remember, I realized, I mean, I remember sort of, um, well, a, a dozen or so lives. And when you go back further, there does seem to be less detail. It's harder to, to pinpoint it. And it's, it's harder to get a location um, and to, to get details that you can check historically. It is quite hard. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be in the same way that it's it's it's, it's easier to remember um, uh, what what you were, what you were doing uh, last week or you know what your your what was on television or than it is to try to remember uh, what book you were reading twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a similar sort of thing, um, uh, but it's going to be the content, the emotional content. I think is the most important thing. So if the memory has um, a really strong emotional content, some something that you have been unable to let go of. Yeah. And I think this is what we come back to. It's letting go. Mm. And uh, you remember for a long time, you keep on remembering, because there's something you aren't able to let go of, something that um, either you did mm -hmm. or happened 
that um, you need to redress that balance. How would one, let's say someone accidentally killed somebody and that's the memory that they have, how would they let go of that? Work through it. Well, first of all, to, to remember it all, yep. remember it all in detail, face it, mm -hmm. and realize that it was an accident. Yeah. Become aware and accept. I mean, it's a difficult thing. Sometimes uh, people who are involved in um, situations where there are, are disasters, yeah. uh, so you have the ambulance crew in, the people they couldn't save, they feel guilty about it. Yeah. They were there. They, don't, they forget all the ones they have saved. Sure. So what they do with, with people like that is work through with them and help them face it, remember it, look at it, and look at the people they did save and look at what they did do and what their intent was. Right. It was intense important. Um, then get it in context. Mm. And for the, the same thing, to be able to let go and move forwards. Yeah. I, I think just first of all, thinking of it, and this, this is why your book would help. Thinking of it, this is this was real. Thinking of it as real. Thinking of it as just an extension of your life, yeah. um, and uh, and 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 then you know finding self forgiveness through you know therapy and like you said yeah. you know uh, all those things that you just mentioned I think are great. Uh, moving a little bit past, what's that? Oh no, I, I I actually felt guilt. Yeah. At least children behind. Yeah. Um, and it, it took me a long time to accept that um, if you die from um, toxemia or pregnancy, gas gangrene, and, and various other infections, it's not your fault. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, you're not actually guilty. Let's get this in proportion. <laughs> well, well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, I mean, in, in that particular case, I don't know. Um, it's a... Uh, yeah, there was. They didn't know. I mean, and this is this happens today. You know, sometimes there's three different things. You don't really know what it was that 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 killed somebody. But um, yeah. you know, in this, in her particular case, Mary's particular case, they she had been warned that if she got pregnant again, that yeah. uh, so there was the guilt. Yeah, and so there was yeah. the guilt. Whether she would, could stop that or not, who know? You know, who knows? But. Um, yeah. But anyways, that might have been where some of the guilt stemmed from. And 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 yet, like you said, there's three different things there. Um, it wasn't necessarily, you know, I'm sure I'm sure the pregnancy didn't help. And it was shortly after that that she passed. Right. But yeah. 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 Uh, and that's just part of life. Any more you want to say about that? No, I think you've probably got that. that yeah, you just yeah. have to accept sometimes you have to accept that life isn't perfect that people aren't perfect, things happen, and you just have to get to the point where you can move forwards, because there is only forwards. Yeah. You can't actually go back. Yet you can look back, you can try to sort out things that have happened, you can try and change how you feel about them, but you need to move forwards. That's right. Because that's, that's the direction we're going. <laughs> we're, you know, we are only going forwards. I think that's the point of it all. Um, yeah. I just want to mention, uh, there's a movie out there called Yesterday's Children, starring Jane Seymour. I did watch it. In fact, you can watch it for free on, on YouTube. Um, yeah. It looks like it's, it's got a different language on it, but when you start to watch it, you recognize it's in English. Um, I, I, I personally, uh, to my audience, don't recommend it. Um, they, they had so many of the facts um, that miscued that they changed for Hollywood purposes 
that to me it's like what's the point you know what i mean yeah uh, except that it opened the door to people to get them to think about the subject matter yeah um and from that point of view if it's just opening a few doors and opening a few minds uh, the, I, yes, it, they changed it horrendously, and there are still people who get in contact with me, and then are surprised I'm not American. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I saw someone who was really upset that you weren't from Allentown, Pennsylvania. You know, it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, they change it. It's a film. You, know, you right. can't expect it to be. You, know, you can't accept them to stick to facts. No, no. <laughs> and the good thing, I'm sure a lot of people read your book as a result of it, so then they get the the real facts. But yeah. um, anyways, I actually. <laughs> It's just, it's just, you know, to me, if you really want to get the, the true story, you read the book. You don't watch the movie. Now, there's that's, a documentary out there, right? Sorry, there's a, oh, there are loads of documentaries. Loads I have no idea how many I've done. Wow. Yeah. Well, the, and the nice thing was the, the documentary team helped me get together with the family. Yes. So I wasn't going to say no. I have a chance to meet the, meet the children again and go back over to Ireland and... Uh, yes, yeah, so that is nice. What was the name of that one that that you all were in? Um, oh, Strange but True. The, okay. the pilot, the Strange but True, the, the the British one was the one where they got us all together for the and first time. Do you know if if it's if if you can get that anywhere? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest, if that's uh, it's available. It was um, ITV, um, which is British. Um, okay. Uh, all right. But there are there are a number of American documentaries as well. Uh, you know, USA. Um, uh, the ABC team did one. Okay. Um, I think they did a very good one, actually. Oh, okay. All right. They're the they're the people who took me back to the hospital room and uh, asked me to identify. Oh, they were the ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they're very demanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with right. producers. They were right. I mean, yeah. I, I did it. So. Yeah, they push you in new directions that you wouldn't yeah. maybe have gone. I was very pleased with it because I hadn't realized how important it was to go back to that room. I hadn't let go until I got back into that room. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to go into the room, but after visiting that room, it, there was an incredible change. You know, so um, the terrible burden had been taken away. Wow. Uh, I, I don't think I had really accepted that that death in those circumstances wasn't my fault. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and I, I, don't, I, I didn't put it in that one. I remember leaving the body. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't mention it to, to, to start off with in the first book because I, I thought, no, this is enough. You know, people yeah. have got enough here. But um, I, I've always remembered leaving the body um, in the, the hospital room. That's how one of the reasons I was able to describe how, what the room looked like. Yeah. Because uh, I was looking at it from above. Um, oh. And I was, <laughs> And um, I I thought it was the husband who came because the nurse came in and she rushed out and then someone came in more slowly and knelt by the bed, and I'm told later it's actually a priest. The husband was in the in the pub, so it wasn't him. I couldn't see because he was the top of the head. Um, But I was quite nervous about talking about it at first, and then I I did some research into people's um, uh, near death experiences and realised that actually it was exactly the same. It was a sudden whoosh out of the body, one minute you're there, and then the next minute you're up, you know, way up looking down. Yeah. And then um, it was as though I folded up and curled up and then was sucked off backwards and there was uh, light around me because I was facing the wrong way. I was still looking back, as it were. Yeah. Uh, so the light came around me either side. Um, but uh, 
very, very similar to a lot of the near-death things. I mean, I also remember in Japan something quite similar. I was underwater, but there's still the light and the tunnel. Huh. Um, but I was, I was, until I'd done the research and found out that I wasn't the only person saying that, <laughs> yeah. I was really quite nervous about talking about it because we're talking about this is uh, 20 odd years ago. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I remembered from before that. Yeah. So, um, you know, there, was, there wasn't quite, I mean, everybody knows what near death experiences are now. Um, <laughs> but they weren't so well documented then. Uh, so I was quite nervous about that. But, yeah. Very so, cool. When I say linear, I mean linear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, right. It just, there aren't the bits, there aren't lots of gaps. You know, I do remember the deaths as well. That's amazing. Now, your second book was titled what? The second one was. Um, slightly more uh, demanding. Uh, it was a lot of the things that I hadn't put into the first one. There was um, uh, uh, a lot about uh, you know, the near-death experiences, the research into that. There was a looking into future as well, because, because I have premonition as well. Um, I thought um, it was worth looking at, but I also had an experience when I was looking into the future. Um, I've seen my own life, bits of my own life into the future from earliest childhood. And again, it was another of those things. It helped me. When I was a child, I was remembering past lives. Yeah. People were saying to me, that's not real. Um, no, that's just a belief. Yeah. But they were also telling me that when I had those funny little experiences, and then uh, um, a couple of weeks later, what I had experienced actually happened, they were saying that wasn't real. And I thought, aha, there's something. Of course it is. So the other thing, they're just, it's just because they're not experiencing it. Yeah. Uh, that's what it's about. So, um, you know, that, that, that's always happened, but occasionally it jumps ahead. And just this one occasion, it jumped beyond the end of this life. Oh. Um, I don't know why, whether, whether it's because I was coping with the, 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 the stress of um, researching um, and finding the, the Sutton family. Yeah. But I, I looked into that. I mean, I, um, I'm still, because it's, you can't prove it, even though I mean, there was loads of evidence that the, that, that the stuff I was saying was right, Right. I still hold that little bit of skepticism, but then I've always done that with premonition, which is bizarre. I get a premonition, and I'm skeptical until it happens. Yeah. And then when it happens, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I did see it, and I did sort of tell everybody, so I suppose. And then it happens again. So how, how much does it take to stop you being... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't, I don't know. I'm oh, sure it's different for everybody. Uh, what is the name of that book? Um, oh, oh, you know, I... I, I um, uh, it's okay. They changed the title, so I I I, I forgot. Jo uh, Journeys through time. Oh no, that's the last one. Um, hang on a second. I'll look up there. Um, oh yes, past lives, future lives. It's all right. They uh, they changed the title um, from the one I gave, and I I can never remember. I know, I know. Publishers. Isn't it? You can't remember you know, your own book. Yeah, that's another <laughs> no, that way. It, 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 I remember all sorts of things, except the actually important dated things, <laughs> like names and uh, what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, there's not much room for all that, all the other stuff. But. That's right. Your daughter walks in. What is your name, honey? Um, yeah. All right, and is there any websites or resources that you want to mention or... Do you know, I haven't even thought of looking for some. They have to be, don't they? But you're personal. You don't, you don't have a personal website yourself. No, no. I, I, I have a, a Facebook page if okay. people want to uh, you know, say hi, they've got a question, which is, is fine. I mean, it's, uh, I kept it open for that purpose because okay. I was a bit nervous about the idea at first of contact with people. And then I thought, well, why not? That's right. Why not? <laughs> all right. Um, and I will link all that stuff below us. And uh, so 
I don't want to take any more of your time, but this has been fascinating, fun, uh, amazing. Uh, I, I can't believe it. Again, I'm just going to show people one more time. Here's the book. I highly recommend you get it, and there'll be links that people can just buy it right below this video. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming. Oh, thank you for your time. It's been great. <laughs> all right, bye-bye now. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. That's all for another fantastic Afterlife TV episode. Bob couldn't be happier. If you enjoyed this episode as much as Bob, please leave a comment on AfterlifeTV.com, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And don't forget to check out Bob's book, Answers About the Afterlife. Thanks for watching Afterlife TV.